Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store Welcome everyone to episode 104 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Toporek and today is a day I've been dreading for a long time. We need to talk about LeVar Ball. Before we get underway, I wanted you to said remind his you. name. <laughs> I did. I did. We'll get there. Uh, but before we get underway, we wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio. So give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some reviews. We would love any feedback. And we're being hosted this year on FanRag Sports. So check them out on Twitter, at FanRag Sports, and for their NBA content, at FanRag NBA. Joining me today, as always, is still my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. <laughs> How's it going, Mort? It's going well. I'm, I'm going to spare people the, the imitation, but <laughs> can we just... I feel dirty, Brian, and not in a good way. Yeah. Not in yeah. a good way. This is, the, we, because, like, you just said the name. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Old moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. hi oh. This next one's for you, too. There's... A burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. We agreed to it. Not Voldemort for this time. So I'm, I'm going to brand or name this podcast, this episode, The Exception. <laughs> yes, the, the Amnesty episode. Yeah, this is the, <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. Is the Amnesty episode. Because we are going to talk about LaVar Ball and... Can we just let, let's just be honest about this? When we when we talked about this, we were not enjoying this particular uh, episode. You know, the idea of talking about this episode simply because yeah. we do not want to give this guy a chance to speak. But now it's become so woven into the fabric of the Lakers that mm-hmm. we actually felt that it's so NBA related now that if we didn't cover it, we'd be hypocrites. Yeah, it, it, it's at this point, it is impossible to ignore. And as you mentioned, Mort, I mean, dating back to the NBA draft, we had basically made a pledge on this podcast to ignore LeVar Ball and all of his histrionics. We did not care. It, we just thought he was an attention whore doing what attention whore do to get attention. Um, we've been calling him Voldemort for the last six months. He who must not be named because we are afraid that every time we say his name, he somehow gains power. Unfortunately, uh, this week, he, you know, on Sunday, I guess it came out, he spoke with ESPN's Jeff Goodman. He, ESPN sent Jeff Goodman to Lithuania to watch his two younger sons, Lamelo and Leangelo, make their debut with their Lithuanian team. So, of course, Lavar had a big sit-down with Jeff Goodman, and during that interview... He talked about Luke Walton, who he has been vocally critical of before. Uh, He told Goodman, quote, You can see they're not playing for Luke no more. Luke doesn't have control of the team no more. They don't want to play for him. That's a good team in reference to the Lakers. Nobody wants to play for him. I can see it. No high fives when they come out of the game. People don't know why they're in the game. He's too young. He's too young. He ain't connecting with them anymore. You can look at every player. He's not connecting with one, not one player. So that's there's a lot to untangle there, both 
with LeVar and Lonzo and then also more at our role in that. So let's start with LeVar, first of all. Uh-huh. Is this a problem for the Lakers? Well, LeVar? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How can you even ask me that? Yeah, sure. Obviously. I mean, look, it, it was a legitimate fear coming into the draft last year that you would have a LeVar ball running the sidelines, whoever, for, you know, whatever team drafted Lonzo. And the Lakers, to their credit, they decided, you know what, it's worth it. Lonzo is worth it. We're going to take it. I mean, I, I can admire that sort of uh, confidence in a selection. So I'll give them that. But now we're seeing it. Now we're seeing all the things that we feared. He mm-hmm. is talking and talking and ruining team chemistry from the outside, which is difficult to do, I might add. Um so yeah, it, it's a tremendous problem. He's undermining every ounce of authority Luke Walton has, which mm. is just a, such a bad play when you're on a young team. I mean, this these players need guidance. They need a chance to develop quietly and without mm-hmm. additional pressure. And Laval drawing the spotlight to him also cast that spotlight onto them in a in a way that is not appropriate. And it's also mm-hmm. not something that's going to get these guys more uh, involved in their development process. They are going to be looking over their shoulders. Oh, is this guy talking? Wow, does he does he have a point about Luke? Like, coach? Is 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 that coach not hashtag not my coach? I mean, <laughs> you know, and he's just he's starting a lot of stuff that is going to to put a lot of consequences on the players. Where while he walks off like scot free. Because what right. can you do? Okay, we can ban you from games. That's not going to stop him. ESPN is going to throw a camera in his face every goddamn second anyway. Yeah. I mean, so, he, has, he has a Facebook show. He doesn't really use Twitter all that much, but he can use Twitter. I mean, I think yeah. you're 100% right. They, they can't stop him from being who he is. This is who he is. This is who we knew he was. It feels very, like... I think I've probably made this comparison before, but it feels very similar to Donald Trump, both in his ways of drawing attention, um, but also... Well, he learned from him, I think. Yeah, but also, like, you know, back right after Trump had been elected, there was some faint hope among Republicans that, oh, well, now that he's elected, he's going to pivot to this more presidential figure, and he's going to be more bipartisan. And, you know, he was just playing this role... During the election process. And then, no, this is just who Donald Trump is. And the same thing with LeVar. Like, no, LeVar was not just playing a role to get his son drafted highly. This is who he is. Like, he's playing a role still, but he's not going to stop playing that role. He Mm -hmm. he's Over the past year, he has been rewarded heavily for behaving the way he has. And he's going to continue doing that. So, you know, Ramona Shelburne... Uh, back in early December, reported the Lakers front office met with LeVar, so that Magic and Rob Polinka, their general manager, met with him and asked him to tone down some of his public criticisms of Walton and help create a more positive atmosphere around his son. That lasted a month. Like, this isn't... He's not changing. So, I guess the question is now, like, what... What role does Lonzo have in this? Do you think, like, why? It's kind of like my big question with this whole thing is like, why hasn't Lonzo stood up to his dad and been like, hey, this is a distraction? Yeah, like, shut up. Stop talking. Because every time, you know, the more he doesn't do that, the more I get the impression that, like, oh, maybe there's something to this. Like, maybe Mm -hmm. Lonzo is actually telling him behind the scenes. I hate playing for Luke Walton. Julius Randle is unhappy behind the scenes because his minutes are getting jerked around. No one enjoys playing for Luke Walton, but I can't say that because then it will be a huge news story. But if you say it, then they can just attribute it to you. Yeah, I get that thinking. Here's the thing. We don't know what he tells LeVar privately. We have no idea. And then we also have to remember something. This is a 20-year-old kid. I mean... By all intents and purposes, a kid. He's not even old enough to drink. Right. So we should also be careful in handing 
the responsibility of the world to Lonzo here and mm-hmm. and tell him, you know, go against your family because I'm sure that family is very sacred to him. Sure. Yeah, and, and and I could imagine him. I think Lonzo is in a horrible situation right now, and I mm-hmm. blame his father entirely for putting him there. But you're right. At some point, something's got to give, and that is Lonzo coming out publicly and saying, "You know what? I don't support it." I think he, he has agents in his ear, mm-hmm. also going, "You know what? Just be quiet about all this. That you don't ruffle any feathers, and you know you don't lose sponsor deals, whatever." Yeah. But at some point, you're right. Something needs to happen from Lonzo's perspective. I just question whether his age is a problem. Because, again, 20 years old, just mm. hitting the league. I think he's trying to fly under the radar. You know, you've seen Pat Beverly. You've seen yeah. John Wall. Like, we're going to get you because of your pops. This mm-hmm. is schoolyard bullying. He's trying to keep his head down. Like, oh, I don't want to get murdered today. <laughs> right. Yeah. And... and- He's had to deal with this dating back, you know, in the public consciousness, at least to UCLA, but I'm sure back mm. in high school, he had to deal with this too. Like, yeah, this but has not... been a problem he's been dealing with for a long time. It's just now the spotlight is getting bigger and bigger. Right. And bigger. That's it. Like the scale is so much. Like, it's global. I mean, come right. on. A million and a half people watch the a horrible, like training game, whatever <laughs> it was in Lithuania. It wasn't even a league game. It wasn't an official league game. Right. And, you know, it's it's embarrassing. I caught, like, uh, screenshots on Twitter, and the referees were wearing big baller shirts. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a big I, baller brand challenge. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just shaking my head right now because this, yeah. this whole thing is so stupid. So I'm going to say something because I've put a lot of thought into this. Mm-hmm. There's only one way to get rid of LeVar Ball. That does not include assassination. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Lonzo flaming out. Yeah, I agree. becoming a absolute nobody who is forced to play overseas. Yeah. Right. And so so what are we up against here? So oh, is, does that mean people should root for Lonzo to suck? No. No, never. I would never, ever go up against a kid and say, you know what? I hope you don't succeed. That is mm-hmm. pure evil. I will yeah. never hope for Lonzo Ball to not uh, not succeed. I want him to succeed. I want everybody to succeed. Yeah, I agree. But it comes at a cost. And that's what mm-hmm. we have to figure out. And also, we, we have to be... As media consumers, we also have to stop clicking those links. Like, mm-hmm. right now... And this is like a whole chicken and egg situation. Right now, you and I are a part of the problem. Like, right, right. now. Yeah. Because we're talking about it. Because, but we have to because now it's gotten so interwoven with the Lakers and their situation. It's going to affect maybe the way, the way that they're going to trade. Like their trade mm-hmm. deadline might be affected of this. So everything just trickles down. But we need to stop hitting li- links that includes the world, the word LaVar Ball or the right. name LaVar Ball. We have to stop you know, liking him on Facebook or following him on Twitter. Or, and I, I say we, I don't. But people need to stop. Because otherwise, this is going to be a problem for the next 15, 16 years. Yeah. It is. Right. He's not going away. Like, Bill Simmons yesterday on Twitter tweeted a screenshot of ESPN's front page, which, like, if you scrolled down above, like, below the fold, basically, it w- there was a whole section devoted to mm. LeVar Ball. And he was like, what the hell? Why? And then his own site had right. the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so, <laughs> I think, like, Mason Ginsburg of uh, Bourbon Street's uh whatever it's called sorry sorry mace i don't remember the name of your blog but like he tweeted a screenshot of you're such a good ringer i know uh yeah he tweeted a screenshot of the ringer and it was the exact same thing there were like four lavar ball stories in their nba section like it is it has now evolved to the point where it is a matter of discussion i mean like i'm going back i'm i'm going to stream of consciousness a few things here when the Sixers drafted Jaleel Okafor and he got off to a rocky start his first season, mm. Okafor's dad at one point in early January was standing <laughs> yeah. up behind the bench and yelling at Brett Brown and like just heckling him the whole game. And then Okafor had to intervene and he told his dad to like basically shut up and sit down. And then it stopped. At least like it was 
you know, it didn't take off to a LeVar Ball level. Like, it was a one-off incident. We hadn't heard anything. I'm, you know, they griped behind the scenes a lot, obviously, but there was never a outpouring of three days worth of national media stories like we had right. with this whole situation. So I agree more that, like, yeah, his age complicates this because it's hard for any 20-year-old to stand up to their parents, much less an overbearing right. parent like this. That said, I think there's a way to do it respectfully. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think he needs, you know, I, I've seen people say, like, all right, he needs to just, like, drop his father. Like, just stop speaking to him, basically. And I I, I agree that that's not going to happen. Like, as you said, I'm sure family seems very important to him. Right. I don't think we can, like... Who the hell are we to advocate a guy like cutting off contact with his father? Right, that's who, ridiculous. Like, supported, yeah. So, but I think there is a way to respectfully confront your father and say, "Look, if you if we keep going down this road, this could adversely affect my NBA career." Like Rachel Nichols of ESPN, she had a she was on the jump the other day, and she said, "You know, there's already rumblings that." Rival team executives don't want to touch Lonzo if he's available in the future. Like, they don't want the baggage with LeVar. Free agents may not want to come to the team that can be thrown into chaos at a moment's notice because Mm -hmm. LeVar Ball is, like, hanging over that franchise. Like, the Lakers, we've talked about it plenty before, and we will in the next couple months as well. Their, Their big grand scheme this summer is to carve out enough max contract space for two max contract free agents ideally Paul George and LeBron James, but does LeBron James want to tether at least some of the twilight of his career to LeVar Ball? Like Because this... we know that LeVar is going to intervene. Right, absolutely. Like, I, this is, I mean, this has become, specifically in reference to coaching criticisms, this is not LeVar's first rodeo. Like, he did this with his son's AAU coaches. Mm-hmm. He did this. I mean, he pulled them both out of UCLA and high school, respectively. Like, this just seems to be what he does. He thinks he knows best for his sons, and he very well might. Like, he is their father. He probably knows, you know, he knows them better than a a coach who's been, like, Luke Walton, who's been working with Lonzo for six months. Yeah. That makes sense. And but he I fed don't... off a Trump thing as well. Like, he and Trump had words. Like, Oh, this guy is not you, you, well. Th- yeah, that's additional. <laughs> but my point is, he's not afraid of anything. Yeah, right, right. So it, it makes me wonder, like, when th- I think the only time he would be satisfied is mm-hmm. if the Lakers are winning sixty-five games and Lonzo is playing like an MVP and he's getting a hundred touches a game. Like, short of that, like if LeBron comes to the Lakers, you know, if LeBron ignores all of this bullshit and he comes to the Lakers next summer. But then he starts dominating the ball and oh, he yeah. starts subtweeting Lonzo, like dealing with all of the, you know, random BS that the Cavs had the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Throw LeVar into that mix and oh, that's yeah, going toxic. to explode. Yeah, yeah, like that that your team chemistry is just gonna go to shit right away. So I think like going back to the is he a problem? Like, yes, this is a <laughs> legitimate problem. Like yeah. there, there is the Lakers need to figure out some way to deal with this. Hoping he's going to go away is not the answer because he's not going to go away. Mm-hmm. As you said, cutting him out of team activities is not going to work. It won't matter. He will find other ways to express himself. Like they tried to cut off the the um, area where like family and media members could interact at games. It didn't matter. Like he, you know, he he probably has a standing invitation to come on to first take with ESPN or whatever the hell Skip Bayless's show is on Fox Sports 1, like, they all know yeah, this nobody guy's... knows. Yeah. I've heard nobody <laughs> right. knows. It's a complete mystery. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, they all know this guy is instant ratings. <laughs> I mean, like, if and you put him problem. on... Right. So, as you said, it falls on the media consumers as much as it does oh, yeah. everyone else to just ignore him and hope, him go, hope he goes away. Let's seg into... The media's role in all of this because I frankly mm-hmm. think that's that's been a huge storyline as well to come out of this. Um, numerous NBA head coaches, in particular, have been very critical of ESPN for 
this particular interview that they gave or that they like promoted. Uh, I'm going to read a couple comments from uh, Rick Carlisle, Stan Van Gundy, and Steve Kerr just to give people mm. context in case they haven't seen them. So Carlisle, I believe, was first. And he said, ESPN's an NBA partner, and they've been a great one. But part of that partnership is that the coaches do a lot of things to help them with access, interviews, and all those kind of things. And in exchange for that, they should back up the coaches. Printing an article where the father of an NBA player has an opinion that's printed as anything like legitimate erodes trust. It erodes trust that we built with ESPN, and our coaches are upset because Luke Walton does not deserve that. What are your thoughts, Mort? Uh, he should just have changed the word back, or you know, the term "back up coaches" mm-hmm. to in that in exchange for that they should be more respectful to coaches. Because mm-hmm. when he said they should back up coaches, yeah, then he changed the narrative. Then right. he asked for media bias on the coaches' behalf. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if that was his intention though. I'm not sure. I'm not Ray Carlisle, so obviously I can't speak on his behalf. Mm-hmm. But that's when it got a little bit sour to me, where where you just know, oh Rick, don't 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 go down that road because then you're just as bad. Right. One guy is getting biased because hey ratings, and now he's basically asking for the same thing just in a different way. I do agree with with one thing, coaches do play a large part in the access that these networks are getting. Like remember the uh, the 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 quarter interviews mm-hmm. for the coaches. They don't add anything. Fans, for the most part, fans hate it. Right. Coaches hate it. Like nobody really likes it. No, reporters hate doing it. Greg Popovich and, likes it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pop is a big fan of it, and and yet it keeps on persisting because coaches, you know, say, "Fine, if that's what it takes, then mm-hmm. let's let's go ahead and do it." I guess. So they do a lot for these networks. So in that regard, I get where Rick is coming from. He should just not have used that term. They mm-hmm. should back up the coaches. Like, oh, no, don't don't go down that route. But the key thing here is um, printing an article where the father of an NBA player has an opinion. Like, mm-hmm. he nailed that one. Mm-hmm. Because every parent has a goddamn opinion about sure. Yeah, everything their child is involved. Not even NBA players. Everyone, 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 everyone. I'm a father. I have an opinion. So that that should just never be a case. You should never give uh, screen time or you know column space, whatever, to parents who just are like, oh, I have something to say because it doesn't matter. If you don't have any say, you shouldn't really get all that luxury. But again, it's the Paris Hilton phenomenon, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like fame, I'm famous because I'm famous, sort of thing, and then everyone rolls with it, and that's it's just the media at its worst. And I think that's what Rick Carlisle kind of wanted to point out, and then he just kind of messed it up a little bit. Yeah, I, I agree that the idea that that ESPN and other media outlets should always give positive reinforcement to coaches is absurd. If a coach is doing a bad job, they should be called out for it. Like, mm-hmm. if by, <laughs> frankly, if Labar Ball came a couple years earlier when Byron Scott was around, I don't think anyone would have a problem with this. He would just be saying the truth. Byron Scott is doing a bad job. I think yeah. part of this is that Luke Walton, you know, I know some Lakers fans have been upset with him for specifically like his rotations this year, um, how he's managed Julius Randle's minutes. But like, by and large, he has a very young team. They are, you know, they are on the course that most people thought they would be. I, I don't think anyone right. realistically should have expected this team to be a playoff team. They're relying on a bunch of first, second, third-year players. But you can see, like, Lonzo Ball now, compared to the first game of the season, has made significant strides. Like, Brandon Ingram looks like a totally different player than he did in his first season. Like that, Kyle Kuzma is playing out of his mind. A lot of that comes back to the coaches and the player development staff. Mm-hmm. So, I think part of the frustration here is like the the feeling that Luke doesn't deserve to be in this media spotlight because of what Lavar is saying. And to Luke's credit, he's handling it very well. I mean he he gave an interview um, Sunday after these comments came out, and he basically said like look, I don't care. I know the front office has my back. 
mm-hmm. whatever. I don't think I've lost this locker room if LeVar does, whatever. And then after the game, a reporter asked him why he pulled Lonzo out early to get him more run with the second unit. And he was like, well, Lonzo's dad was talking shit, so I benched him. <laughs> Obviously Which not is, true. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. And then he like paused for two seconds and said, just kidding. But it was like an all-time press yeah. conference moment. So like he really, I mean, if anything, kudos to Luke Walton for how he's handled these last couple days. Yeah. I think you're right, Mort. Like, ESPN and any outlet, frankly, I they're I don't know if they're presenting this as legitimate though. Like they're they're presenting the comments, but they're not like they didn't have three paragraphs in that story to back up. Well, actually, here's what all the stuff that Luke Walton is not doing well. They just printed the comments and then yeah, didn't but weigh in with comments. I'm gonna interrupt you because you're in the media, and so yeah. am I. So we, I mean, I I I'm sitting here. I have two media degrees. Yep. So you and I can sit there and go, oh, yeah, like we know when an article is phrased or designed in a certain way what it means. Mm-hmm. But we need to take into account the average Joe and the general public who might not know this. Like right. it, it, a, a comment standing alone, we know that that's mostly a comment in itself. Like we're not going to back this up. We're just going to mm-hmm. present you what it is objectively. But then some some people are going to read it as, oh my god, they support it. Otherwise, why wouldn't it be here? Like it's here, they support it. So it's it's all about how one consumes media. It's mm. all about how people perceive news. Like, let's be honest here for a second. Why is Fox News popular? <laughs> right, right. They because they pander to the lowest common denominator. Mm-hmm. And those with racist tendencies and whatnot, they have like they've done studies on this. This is not just an emotional platform. Like right. let's let, let's agree, Fox News, as awful as it is, they they know everything that they're doing. They know yeah. everything, and they yeah. know oh, that we all, need to spin it. Yeah, it's yeah. All a show. everything is a show. This is not when they do stupid shit. It's not unintentional. Right. It's because they know that a vast percentage of those who's watching will believe that shit. Yeah. Yeah. So media can be spun and then we have all the fake news going on as well. People don't really have the same trust in media now that they did 20 years ago or even 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So everyone reads media differently. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the problem. We can't get everyone on the same page. It's physically impossible. So the only thing you can do if you're a big medium is avoiding certain controversies. That means, mm-hmm. in this case, not handing LaVar Ball a goddamn microphone or shoving a camera up his face. Mm-hmm. That means just going, you know what? We'll cover what's important. LaVar yeah. Ball is not important. Right. I mean... To an extent, I'd agree. And let's let's actually move. This is a good transition into what Stan Van Gundy said. Because uh, he said, basically, along your lines, he, he said the story was a cheap shot. And he thought ESPN showed total disrespect. He said, I don't have a problem with LeVar Ball. He's a grown man. He can voice whatever opinion he wants. I got a problem with ESPN deciding that's a story. Bingo. So, to a certain extent, I'd agree. Or, I agree. But... I don't think ESPN went into that interview with LeVar Ball. Maybe, you know, maybe they said like, hey, go talk shit about Luke Walton. I don't think they like planted anything. I just think they gave him a microphone and he rambled, which is what happens with Donald Trump too. Like Mm -hmm. he gave an interview to the New York Times over Christmas break and he rambled and that turned into a story. So are you, I mean, are you and as Stan Van Gundy saying like, just stop interviewing this guy? Yeah, and that goes with Trump too because the country <laughs> better off. <laughs> but yes, I am. I, I, this this man, what does he have to offer? Let's let's be honest. What does LeVar Ball have to offer than, let's say, you know, some random NBA Nikola Mirotic's father? Mm-hmm. Does like does he have more to offer? I think the only difference between those two is. Nikola Mirotic or whatever name random NBA non-superstar is that 
those guys are not viewed as the future face of the franchise, whereas the Lakers, since the moment they drafted Lonzo Ball, have been like getting his jersey ready to hang in the rafters. So All I right, think... then let's talk to Carl Anthony Towns, Dad. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, so, I mean, I think, you know, it would be, if Carl Anthony Towns' dad came out and said, like, Towns isn't happy with something about how the organization is run, I think that is a story. I don't think this is exclusive. Yeah, because he's not saying stuff all the time. Right. And he's breaking a pattern of silence. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, when is it, is LeVar Ball, like, kind of like the boy who cried wolf? Like, he just... He says too much stupid stuff all the time. So when Mm -hmm. a potentially newsworthy story happens, like, again, it it goes back to the question of, is LeVar being a mouthpiece for Lonzo, or is he just spouting off random stuff that Lonzo has not told him? All right, okay, okay. So, different thing here. What about Anna Horford? Okay. She's on Twitter. (laughs) Yep. Yep. She's very vocal. Uh She's also a great follow, by the way. Yeah, right. She's very vocal, and sometimes mm-hmm. her tweets definitely indicate that a story is not what it seems. So why aren't the media just ringing her door, door, doorbell down here and just mm-hmm. going, Anna, 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 we need to know what's up with the Celtics. Hey, the Isaiah Thomas trade, what what happened? Like, come on. There's, like, with the Celtics, there after the IT trade especially, there were a lot of things that could be discussed. Like, why mm-hmm. was... Anna Horford not just, like, almost attacked by cameras and microphones. We don't know that she wasn't. All right, fine. So she might be smart enough to just say <laughs> yeah. no. That's right. 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 Fair enough. Like... But, but but then still, compared to LeVar Ball, I still think that there's a strong tendency to go that direction. Because, oh, we know that he says stupid shit. Mm-hmm. We know that he'll open his mouth. And I think that's a wrong way to enter into a situation. Yeah, I, I mean, you and I have been on very much on the side of don't talk about this guy. We called him Voldemort for six months, and we will go mm. back to calling him Voldemort, hopefully the next episode, barring any more explosions like this. So I, I mean, Oh, this is the exception, so yes, we yeah. will. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to find you. I'm going to find myself. Yeah, we go in Twitter jail if we call him yep. by his real name after yep. today. So it actually, that goes, that feeds into the comments from Steve Kerr, which I thought were probably the most reasonable of the three coaches. No. Um, Steve Kerr being reasonable? I know. So he said, where we're going is we're going away from covering the game and we're going toward just sensationalized news. It's not even news, really. It's just complete nonsense. But if you package that irrational nonsense with glitter and some ribbon people are going to watch so i talked to some people in the media this year i said why do you guys have to cover that guy and they say well we don't want to but our bosses tell us we have to because of the ratings because of the readership oh i want to have sex with that comment brian and i want to make beautiful small sentences that are just as clever (laughs) i mean it goes back to what you said earlier it the the only way to make this guy go away aside from Lonzo flaming out and them all going to Europe and, you know, the dream, his dream of having all three Ball brothers on the Lakers never coming to fruition Mm. is if people stop caring about LeVar. Like, he, there is a legitimate niche market, and it's not even niche at this point. It's just any story about LeVar Ball or any video with LeVar Ball gets outsized attention compared to how much work you have to put into it like without divulging specifics i can tell you from bleacher reports end, all of the lavar ball content crushes yep like that's just how it is and it it goes into this feeds into a larger conversation about the media landscape in general and you can frankly tie it back to again it, like i feel like we could have very similar conversations with LeVar Ball in sports and Donald Trump in politics. Right. Where, you know, like heading into the election, it was Donald Trump, Donald Trump 24 7, basically, unless Hillary's emails were a thing. But like. And even then. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Then she was on like this little bottom quarter on the little bottom scroll or mm-hmm. whatever. 
Like, because of the way that news outlets have to make money currently, many of which, out you know, The Athletic is a subscription-based model, but most are reliant on advertisers. Advertisers on print media, they put their ads either in newspapers or on banner ads, and then it, you get money on a per-click basis. So you, you say, we're expecting to be able to deliver you 3.4 million reads this month, so you will pay us X rate based on this formula for how much a click is worth. Or for a video, we can give you 100,000 video views on this. Here's how much you'll pay us. And if you under-deliver, you have to give them more ad roll elsewhere. So media yep. outlets then have to say, all right, we, you know, I think Steve Kerr is right. I don't think anyone went to journalism school being like, yeah, one day I'm going to cover LeVar Ball. This is going to no, be no. great. Like, no one wants to do this. But you have to pay the bills, too. So if, it, if it's you can publish a story, I mean, you know, not even ESPN public. Like, I'm sure this Jeff Goodman story alone has generated bonkers, just absolutely oh, yeah. bonkers reads and page views. But, like, now every other website Bleacher Report's one of them, CBS, Sports Illustrated, Fox Sports, if they still had writers, Yahoo, they can all aggregate that content, post it on their own site, get hundreds of thousands of reads on their own, not have to do that much work. Yep. So it's, it, 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 you know, I think it's, it speaks to the screwed up structure of the media landscape. And until someone comes up with a better model than rely on advertisers who rely on paid views or video views to come up with the formula of how much they're going to pay you. I don't know. There is I a don't know model. if anything. Yeah. The subscription model. Yeah. Look, here's the thing. Subscription models is the, the, that's the best way. Yeah, it is the best way. It's just the fact that users don't want to pay for anything. Right. Look, what I've studied in this. When the internet arrived, every major publication went, oh my god, this is a godsend. Because advertisers mm -hmm. were throwing money their way. The internet yeah. is this new hot thing. It's never going to end and it's going to be beautiful. <laughs> and we can just, we can grow and print our own money if we wanted to. Mm -hmm. And for for many years, these these sites uh, or big pub, major media publications, they earned <laughs> very well they 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 got a lot of money in on this right and then you know they started seeing results and or calculating results these advertisers and went you know what it's not really paying off to the extent that we thought but in the meantime these publications all had this mindset of well we're earning so much so it doesn't matter that we give shit out for free mm -hmm. because if we do that we, we're still going to earn enough the advertisement sure when that went away, you also had uh, had a whole market where you'd grown them accustomed to not paying for things. Now you're looking at that market going, well, you know what? I was accustomed to not paying for things, and now you want me to pay for things? No, that's not, that's not how I roll. Right. I do not want to pay for things. I would rather just have everything for free, and if I won't get it from you, I'm going to get it from some sucker down the road who will give it to me for free. And... When that happens, you have to be a little bit competitive and go, okay, so maybe what, what should we do to survive? Because people will read the worst kind of shit mm -hmm. as long as it's free. They prioritize their wallets over quality. That's the real problem. The real mm -hmm. problem is not finding a solution to the way that you engage media or how you fix that. The, the solution is right there, and that is subscription. Just as yeah. it was in the old days with the fucking newspaper. You paid for a newspaper. It worked. Right. Well, That's I the mean, same thing. That begs it. Like, a lot of the main American newspapers, New York Times, Washington Post, do have a subscription model where you get a couple mm -hmm. articles of free per month and then you have to pay. Right. But I wonder if, like, did, did the major sports media outlets miss the boat on that? Because they've had... You know, ESPN has Insider, but mm -hmm. it, it's like the mag content is often Insider. Like Kevin Pelton, like the deeper analysis is Insider, but like stuff they rip from the Associated Press or stuff that they, 
that you know this this Lonzo Ball or Lavar Ball interview is never going to be insider content. Like they give away right. a lot of stuff for free too. Would you know if like if ESPN went to a full paywall model, would people just say, "All right, screw you, I'm not going to pay for it. I'll go to Bleacher Report or I'll go to yeah. CBS or I'll go to FanRag Sports." Like, yes, they would. Nice yeah. pluck there. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you're right. Yes, they would. Okay, look, so Mark Deeks and I had a conversation about this many years ago because I think it's okay with Mark that I shared this, but we both had issues earning money off of our work. I still mm-hmm. do. Mark's finally gotten a job, and congrats to him. That's awesome. Um, but, but I mean, in my country as well, I've tried earning money off of my coverage for a decade. Mm-hmm. People will not pay for it. They would rather go to an alternative site that posts really bad edited content mm-hmm. in, in regards to NBA, not naming any names, but Danish people would know who I'm referencing. Um, and they would rather have that because it's free. That's always going to be a problem. Right. Always going to be a problem. And I finally figured out why. Mark and I talked about this as well. It is people who are mainstream consumers they simply do not know the difference between what is bad quality mm-hmm. which isn't quality mm-hmm. and high quality it's all about the amusement factor for them like yeah. hey here's a list of the top 5 hottest girlfriend of nba players <laughs> right 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 if that's amusing to them if that's yeah. entertaining they will regard that as high quality even though yeah. objectively speaking and from a journalistic perspective it's shit. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, again, you're think, looking at different mindsets. I think the news itself for, I mean, yeah, for overall, like when you're just looking at this story just happened, here's the main takeaways. Most people don't care about the writing quality. And it's a mm-hmm. like, it, it sucks to say that as someone who's been writing about the NBA for a long time, but you know it, they don't care if it's the most eloquently worded piece or if it's a flaming pile of dog shit you still get the same takeaway of here's what lavar ball said right that's all you need when you're getting into the deeper analysis you know when you're where when you're going into like a zach Lowe or a matt Moore. i was or a just Mahoney, about to say it yeah yeah like zach Lowe is just a magician at right. words yeah but are, are casual fans reading that or is it are you catering no. more to and then like Right. So for the people who are, you know, wild enough to have a podcast where they discuss the NBA every week. Yeah. Like we eat that stuff up. We, you know, we know who the best writers are and we mm-hmm. like eagerly anticipate their work. Like right. Zach Lowe published a great piece about the Miami Heat today. It's excellent. As yeah. usual. He, Ramona you know, Shelburne. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like we, we know and have come to expect that quality, but it, it makes me think like, journalistic institutions are just like rapidly approaching a day of reckoning mm-hmm. where they need to, I mean, the, the industry has just evolved so much since the advent of the internet. And especially now with like social media, you know, most, most organizations are still trying to figure out how to monetize social media. Like that's the no, big can't. next big frontier. You can't. Here's the and, and the problem is because people again, it's all about expectations. When I'm a user of a social media page, let's say I'm a, I'm just a regular Joe going on Facebook, mm-hmm. and then I see you know a page posting a message where it, it might say you know in a couple of years to view this video, pay one dollar by clicking right. on this button. I won't be like no. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 Because apparently, first of all. That's because I've, I, I'm not speaking for me, but per, me personally, Morton, I would do it probably yeah. if it's a site that I follow and I want to see. Mm-hmm. But if it's the average Joe, it's like, no, I've earned this money. I'm going to spend sure. it on whatever I want and I don't want this. Yeah. And then we have to live with it. Like you can't force money out of people's wallets, even though sometimes you really, really want to. Mm-hmm. And you know, you just have to come up with something different. I think social media should just be the hub where you kind of present your channels. Like, mm-hmm. let's talk about Patreon for a second. 
what a wonderful tool. Yep. That allowed Derek Botner, for example, mm-hmm. to qu- to quit his day job. That was before he got hired by the Athletic. Yep. Like that allowed him the freedom to cover the Sixers full time. Like I'm not a Sixers guy, but I read Derek often and frequently because he does great work. Yeah. And for him to suddenly be freed up to do way more work, that was just for me as a consumer and a reader that was excellent. But from the mm-hmm. guy next door. It'd be like, who cares? I'm not going to pay for it. If he right. starts charging, I'm just going to read the guy next to him who does a shittier work because I don't care. Hashtag YOLO. Whatever. Yeah. You know, right. an idiot would write. But <laughs> the thing is, and look, again, I'm just, I'm saying idiot. That's because that's, I, I'm, I can't even stay objective on this because I'm a media person right now and my juices mm-hmm. are flowing. We cannot find a way to satisfy everyone that's just never going to happen and i think the media as a whole need to recognize this because every time i'm at a meeting with editors or whatever journalists that's always the thing how do we satisfy everybody fuck it stop doing that you can't (laughs) that's that should never be a prerogative you can't you should just continue to make sure that your core audience who are paying customers keep paying make sure that they are consistently satisfied with the level of quality that you're providing and then keep fucking doing it because Mm -hmm. there's nothing worse than a site that is respected going into clickbait shit yeah right and and you know the athletic because their subscription model has the luxury to avoid that like i don't believe i correct me if i'm wrong but i don't believe they have a los angeles channel yet they have a barrier one I don't but think like, so, no. But even if they did, I don't think they would not be covering this LeVar Ball story the way every other website, every other major media sports website is covering. Oh, no, no. They would probably like, have like an article once in a while because it's interwoven with the Lakers as we are doing this podcast right now. Right, yeah. right. So, yeah, they would they would be looking at it from like, how does this affect the Lakers moving forward? Rather mm-hmm. than, here's the stupid shit that he said. Is he right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So... Let's wrap up with this final question. Is Lonzo worth all of this headache? I knew you were getting there. <laughs> no, I I get the question. I just mm-hmm. think it's so unfair. He's 20. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we, we don't know. We just don't know. I If this if the way that he's playing right now is any indication, no. He's not like he's he hasn't made a big enough splash for me to to think it's worth it. Mm-hmm. But that's just like that's short term. I don't right. know. Next yeah. year he could come back and average nineteen eight and eight, and be you know he's a strong defensive player. We got to give him that. He's yeah. improved leaps and bounds defensively. Like right. it's night and day from the first couple of weeks to now. Like I'm going as far as saying he's a downright good defensive player right now, he and was... that's for a rookie. Let me see. Yeah, he's fourth right now among all point guards in defensive real plus, plus minus, yep. according to does, ESPN. Does not surprise me one bit. He's just gotten better on that end. So that's a yeah. huge get from him. But, oh, I mean, it's just so taxing, right? And it makes it hard to root for him at times. Like, I should clarify, from average consumers. Like, when mm-hmm. I see non-Lakers fans comment, it's about how shitty Lonzo Ball is. Where I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, no. I mean, yeah, we poke fun at him, at him once in a while, but that's <laughs> right. because of his dad. Yeah. Like, when we are talking in a serious tone here on the podcast regarding Lonzo, we're like, the kid is young. You yeah. even had a segment a couple weeks back where you were like, let's give the guy some time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still there. I yeah. like I, I wrote about this for B-Ball Breakdown as well this week. Like, I... As of now, I do think he's worth the headache. I think that it would be a, a different story if he was a mid to late first round pick who was, you know, like, yeah, we, we've said it. He's got off to a rocky start this season. He's played pretty damn well as of late. So, yeah. like, the, the growth curve he's showing me makes me think, like, even if his upside is not top 10, like, NBA player, I still believe he's going to be an all-star one day. Like, I, he's going to be a walking triple-double threat. If he was a mid-first rounder, like if this was Luke Kennard's dad, <laughs> bye. You know, like or I was Donovan typically... Mitchell's dad. 
<laughs> no, Donovan, Donovan Mitchell's dad could say whatever the hell he wants. He's, <laughs> he is. Don't do it, Mr. Yeah. Mitchell. Please, God, don't do it. We have enough with yeah. Lavar. But oh, but no, no, I, I mean, I think yeah. there's a difference based on where he's drafted, the expectations placed among him, his mm-hmm. talent. Like he does have the talent to become that type of all-star caliber. You know, multiple all-star game appearances. So, yes, I think he is worth the headache as of now. I think you see if he continues growing, continues developing, if you could come up with some way to keep LeVar just a little bit more in check. Um, yeah, but how? If, That's like we need to to come up with an idea here. I think it literally the only way to do it is have Lonzo stand up to him. But even that couldn't... I mean, look, even that runs the risk of not working. Like, even if yeah. Lonzo publicly goes out and... He, look, hell, even if Lonzo goes out and does the unthinkable and just says, you know what? I'm done. Like, severs I, ties. I, I, severs ties with his own dad. Mm-hmm. We still have that problem that LeVar Ball will still have a voice and there will still be cameras and mm-hmm. there will still be a lot of 15-year-old boys... I, I'm assuming primarily boys on the <laughs> internet going, what does Lamar Ball say to this? Big right. baller brand hashtag. But at that point, at least you know it's not coming from Lonzo. Right. Okay, that's it, fine. I think that makes a difference, though. I it does. Major right now, difference. Yeah, like right now the uncertainty of is this Lavar's opinion or is this Lonzo's opinion is feeding, well, maybe this actually is newsworthy. But yeah, if he like... If he separates with his dad, or if he even just comes out and publicly says, like, that he, frankly, Lonzo fanned the flames of this a little bit, because the reporters asked him about these comments yeah. Sunday, and they're like, are you happy with Luke Walton as your coach? And he said, I'll play with for anybody, which is not a ringing endorsement of Luke Walton as his coach. He's so 20. He come- He's I know. I'm not, he can I'm say not, things wrong. I, don't, I think he's just trying to be politically correct. I think he's right. so afraid of yeah. stepping into himself. I'm not blaming him at all. Like, I, I, I hope I haven't come off that way. Like, I understand he is caught. Oh, you in, come off as off. a kid hater, Brian. Yeah, <laughs> right. I, well, I, I'm not a father yet. There's a reason. That's true. Um, yeah, I mean, I, he is caught in a very unenviable position where mm. he either has to come out and say his father is a liar, basically, or he has to come <laughs> out and slam his team. Like, that's... There is no yeah. middle ground, or he's trying that's to so. find the middle ground, and it's not working. So I don't envy Lonzo at all. But, yeah, I think at a certain point he needs to draw a line in the sand and say, you know, if, if these rumblings keep happening, and God forbid if the Lakers miss out on all of their top free agent targets this summer, someone in my, in my mentions last night was like, imagine if LeBron was going to come to the Lakers and then his camp leaks that, oh, wait, no, he's not going to do it because he doesn't want to be with LeVar. Like, it's not going to happen, but that would just be mm. hilarious. But if it, it somehow trickles out that LeVar is adversely affecting not only Lonzo, but the Lakers' free agent prospects, or like that, his, that the Lakers' teammates are all starting to sour on Lonzo because of LeVar... Then I like. Then it becomes time that Lonzo really needs to stand up and say, "Like, I'm my own man. If you want comments about right. my opinion or something, come to me. Don't come to my dad." I agree with that one. That's actually very good, Lonzo. If you're listening, that last line Brian just brought up that's a good one. Yeah, I mean, talk I mean, to me. So right. I ha- I have one final question for you before we wrap it up as well. Yeah. Let's say LeBron goes to Magic, right? Mm-hmm. And he says. I'll be a Laker if you trade Lonzo so I can get rid of the whole LeVar Ball thing. Mm-hmm. Do you trade a 20-year-old Lonzo Ball to get a 33-year-old LeBron Jameson? If he, <laughs> he, he guarantees it. Like, LeBron yeah. gives you your word. And you know if LeBron yeah. gives you your word, that's golden, that's solid. Right. It depends on how long, like, is LeBron signing one of his patented one-year with a player option deal? No, he's, sign- he's signing full-on. Like four years, yeah, or three or four years, yeah, yeah, three or four years. I'd make that trade yeah. if I'm the Lakers. You yeah, just right. Something, yeah, just to bring the brand back. I know it's stupid and it goes against everything I stand for as as an acolyte of Sam Hinkie, but yes, because I do think 
you know, heading like when you go into the NBA draft, every prospect has strengths and weaknesses that you need to evaluate. I think this Lavar baggage is a legitimate weakness. You need to continue packaging with Lonzo Ball. Like this is a genuine issue that is not going to go away. It is possibly more concerning than his ugly ass three point shot. Like this might be the biggest concern. I'm proud with Lonzo to Ball. say that I don't. Oh no, Lonzo three point shot. I was thought you were referencing Lavar's three point. No, shot. no, no. I was like, yeah, Lonzo. I've not seen Lavar shoot a basketball. I was just gonna say I was <laughs> proud to never seen that. Have seen that. I've, I avoid everything. But yeah, yeah. So oh, yeah, I agree I, with you. I, yeah, I mean, I I don't think it, it just does make me laugh though. Like. How happy would the Lakers be right now to go back to when a Snapchat fiasco with D'Angelo Russell was the biggest drama surrounding that team? Do you think they, if they, knowing what they know now, mm-hmm. do you think they stick with Russell? Like, do they regret? Should they have kept let's, Russell and let's then just, just go like, back to a day before the trade? Yeah, and, and then with the knowledge like they have, Tatum number two or Donovan? Yeah, I don't know. They would take Tatum if you have Tatum Probably. and Ingram. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it, it the Lakers are going to be endlessly fascinating these next couple of years to see how this whole drama develops, what happens with free agency this summer, if this stuff affects their free agency, how Lonzo oh, develops. Will. Yeah, I mean, I mean it will. Can't we just right. like let's not play coy here? Of course, it will. I would, I would be inclined to agree. I would be yeah. very surprised if, if. Uh, if it at least does not factor in. I'm not saying that they aren't going to somehow, you know, cash in with their Paul George and LeBron dream. It still could happen. But I think at least when LeBron's taking all those free agent meetings in July, his number one question is going to be, how am I going to get LeVar Ball to shut up? So uh, I just want to give a, a, a brief message to the listeners as well. Because, Brian, as you know, um, before this podcast we started talking about how we were kind of figuring because it, the the name LeVar Ball is going to be in the title of the podcast mm-hmm. uh, because that is the the key uh, topic for today it's not for clickbait it's simply to discuss the problematics we were kind of you know joking around saying oh this is probably going to be the heaviest hitter we've had like this is going to be the most listened to episode we've had <laughs> on the NBA podcast right. so um, don't I, I guess I, I'm too late because this is the end of the show. But don't listen, don't give us, <laughs> don't don't make this the most um, listened to episode of all time, please. I would just yeah. that was that would just defeat the entire purpose. Right. Please. We do talk about real basketball analysis usually, and we're, yeah. we we'll get back to that in our next episode. In fact, but go back to listen to episode 100 we were talking about like brian's boner and stuff like that. we yeah, have mark Deeks on that's a lot that's yeah. so much better just have yeah. much much higher ceiling there yeah uh yeah. well Mort, this is a good talk and we want to thank all the listeners <laughs> for listening and enduring with us this whole of yeah. our nonsense we promise we will talk about real basketball next episode in the Support meantime great content yeah also if that's if we're saying anything at all Support great content, guys. Yes, yes. Uh, in the meantime, please follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod, where you do not have to pay to follow us on Twitter, but you can find our handles in our bio as well. You can also find us on iTunes. Please subscribe, download, leave some five star reviews. We'd really appreciate it. And check us out on FanRag Sports. You can find them on Twitter at FanRag Sports and for their NBA content at FanRag NBA. Until next time, I'm Brian Tapork, and I was joined by Morton Jensen. Have a good one, Mort. You too, Brian. I'm going to go see if Sarah actually succeeded in her Putin plan of getting Mono Ginobili <laughs> to the All-Star game. Yeah, we will be talking about All-Star reserves shortly. And spoiler alert, we will not have Mono Ginobili among the 12. <laughs> Sarah will. <laughs> <laughs> All right, later, Mort. Later. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. 
The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.